Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney over there, Steve. How you doing? Hey, and today we are talking about how to run Pulp Cthulhu or just pulp adventuring in general. But specifically Pulp Cthulhu because that's yeah. what we play. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's tons of stuff about how to run D&D. There's tons of stuff uh, from the Cthulhu guys about how to run Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. So we decided that we would take the, the the expansion that we liked and talk about that. Right. So, the best of both worlds, really. So introduce Pulp Cthulhu to our audience, those who don't know anything about it. Audience, Pulp Cthulhu, Pulp Cthulhu, audience. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, Pulp of Cthulhu is a supplement of the Chaosian game Call of Cthulhu, which uh, takes a more Robert E. Howard approach to um, characters and scenarios than a an H.P. Lovecraft approach, mm. in a nutshell. So you have, uh, it, people are fond of saying you have hardier adventurers, which is true, and your characters can do much more within reason. Doesn't go overboard, um, but really, that's all well and good. But it's really the style of the adventure. So um, think of of call regular Call of Cthulhu is kind of like um, mm, like a, just a slow burn horror movie, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like uh, the void. The void is perfect, actually, as a Call of Cthulhu adventure. I don't know how many of you guys have seen that, but the void is Call of Cthulhu, whereas um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is Pulp Cthulhu. Right. Or, or as we like to say, um, the the best Pulp Cthulhu example is Temple of Doom. Yes. And if if you have if you've seen Temple of Doom, if you enjoy Temple of Doom, then that is Paul Cthulhu in a nutshell. Uh, there's a, there's several other uh, types of adventures like this. Um, you know, you could even go as far as you know, maybe not in the Cthulhu aspect, but your Alan Quartermain, uh, the Shadow. So you can get these like gritty uh, crime type stories as well into your Cthulhu game, right? Uh, uh, I think that it opens up the Cthulhu-style game to a wider um, array of things that you can do with it. Because um, mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be completely hinged upon... But just waiting for that noise to stop. Oh. I don't know what's going on over there, man. It's uh, you might need it's a warm in West Baltimore today, so I've got the windows open. My apologies. <laughs> you might need a plumber. Um, all right, so it it just opens up Cthulhu role playing to a wider array array of scenarios because you don't. It's not wholly dependent upon um, that investigative part of Call of Cthulhu, which is what. 99% of most Call of Cthulhu games are. Right. Uh, you have a mystery and you're, you, you know, go to the library and you dig out clues and you interview people and you're building a, um, uh, you're, you're building a, a case, so to speak, that leads you towards horror and blah, blah, blah. Whereas in Pulp Cthulhu, yeah, you can have that. Um, mm -hmm. But you get to go and, um, have a chance of surviving and, and by fighting whatever right. is going on. Um, right. And that's the big difference that it's, it's geared more towards swashbuckling adventure, um, sword and sorcery kind of things than um, fainting at the first mm -hmm. tentacle that comes around the corner. Yes. Yes. It's a very uh, action and adventure uh, sort of setting rather than a, than a mystery setting. Right. And as you said, the, the characters are more capable. Um, sanity is about the same. So you can easily lose your two-fisted archaeologist um, to, to 
Matt, exactly <laughs> as easy as anything else. But um, you know, I think it's like what double hit points. Yeah, you get double the hit points. Um, you get um, more skill the, points. The whole more skill points, of, and and the luck system um, is tweaked so that you can spend luck for um, mechanical advantages. Right. Yeah. So Plus, it, it really. Also, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it just really empowers the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite to D and D levels of empowerment, no. um, but but you actually can do that if you wanted to. It's very easy to tweak, but um, just as written, you know, it, it it just gives you a lot more of just excitement. You know, action, mm-hmm. action. Now, granted, um, there's a character creation is a little bit different. We discussed more hit points. We discussed the uh, changes to luck. Um, also, unlike regular Call of Cthulhu, there is an archetype and occupation system. Right. So uh, you where, get another. It's another layer, really, mm-hmm. of um, adding skills to your mm-hmm. character. Yep. Uh, um, it's a, it's a three hundred skill points. <laughs> right um which does help uh but you can so the types of characters that you're creating are no longer um you know your bookworm librarian no offense brian um you know a a an actual digging archaeologist <laughs> sorry a private detective actually private detectives are pretty cool um mm. But the, the characters that I've personally played playing Pulp Cthulhu have been like uh, mechanical genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I've also played a, um, a, a martial arts oriented monk, mm-hmm. you know, w- which are things that you really don't get to do in regular Call of Cthulhu. Right. Or right. if you do, they're not effective because the monk dies. <laughs> At the first tentacle, right. and uh, and dies you know, the, the first tentacle dies to a pronga to the gut, right? <laughs> the, the and the, the um the boy genius, you know, doesn't really have a place in there because because you're not um there's no no call for it really. Mm-hmm. There's no call for you know huge amounts of mechanical aptitude in regular Call of Cthulhu. Yes, there is the infamous um operate heavy machinery mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, but in up. call of cthulhu um mechanical repair and electrical repair uh with the weird science talent becomes something that's useful and a viable skill to take to play right right i mean i i when we played the two-headed serpent uh my character was able to construct a number of things that really got us out of tight situations mm-hmm um, including rigging a car bomb, right, to take out some trolls. <laughs> so right. um, it's 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 a get different flavor of of playing. Mm-hmm. So what makes something quote unquote pulp? Because technically, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is pulp. He wrote for the pulps, mm-hmm. um, as is Robert E. Howard, right, uh, um, as as. As is a, a lot of things that you don't normally consider pulp. Pulp has has really taken on its uh, meaning separate from its origins. It's now mm-hmm. more two fisted kind of right, thing. Right. Generally, when you think of pulp, you think of you know grizzled adventurers, you know, with with um, you know good good endurance and a, a nice right hook. Right. <clears throat> right, you, you, that's that's how that's how you solve problems. Right, you, you get a lot of um, Mary Sue and Marty Stew characters. Um, who, right, who are, you know, in in the actual pulp stories, you have like these one, well, usually man, one man armies mm-hmm. that can go out into like you know the middle of the desert and uh, punch their way through a, a you know a city buried in the sand to find. Um, a cursed treasure. Right. Now, 
don't get us wrong. It's de you definitely have to have a party to play this. You could not play a one man army. You could not be Indiana Jones and be solo. No, and yeah. and that's the thing about you know you got to the caveat is role playing games, Call of Cthulhu, D and D, Pulp Cthulhu, whatever. With very few exceptions, are group experiences. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't want to argue whether or not it's like storytelling experiences or whatever. I mean, that's that's above my pay grade. Um, but they are group experiences, and they're designed um, so that the different characters have different functions in a party, right? And in, in order to to uh, achieve the goals of whatever particular scenario you're running, you're going to need to have a quote balanced party. You know, someone mm -hmm. who can talk, someone who can fight. Well, everyone should be able to fight a little bit, but you know, someone different specialties that are going to further your characters in the adventure. Mm -hmm. But that goes for almost every role playing game, with a, with a few exceptions. Right, right. And since there's no th those roles are not assigned to classes like say D and D, you just you have to you have to really work at your character concept and really work with the rest of the players to create characters that mesh well together that, you know, you can do things as a team. Right. You know, but, un unlike but, Call of Cthulhu, where you might get a guy who, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's good with guns, but you know, everybody else, this, this guy's a psychologist and all of their skill points are dumped into those skills. And this person's a journalist and yeah, they've got a great spot hidden. They've got a great listen but you know, when it when it comes down to the whole room full of cultists that you get stuck in, one guy that can try to punch his way out of there. Well, right <laughs> now you could have several guys who can punch their mm -hmm. way out or shoot their way out or whatever. Right. So that's just like a little overview of you know just the con conceptual differences between mm -hmm. um, Cthulhu Vanilla and Cthulhu Pulp. <laughs> right. Um, now. How about running it? Because both of us have, have played mm -hmm. in um, multiple games as players, and we've both run our own games um, in worlds that we've created that aren't necessarily um, out-of-the-box Pulp Cthulhu mm -hmm. situations, but, you know, close enough for rock and roll. And we've also, we've also adapted a classic before it was adapted. That's true. Uh, I guess we should say that the whole this whole shebang that um, Roddy and I are doing evolved from two things. The first is this show that we're doing here, which was originally talking about comic books, and the second was was playing uh, Masks of Nyarlathotep, a classic Call of Cthulhu adventure, which um, many people say is either a meat grinder or a great pulp adventure if there were only rules for pulp at the time. So um, when I was running it, Pulp Cthulhu came out. Mm -hmm. And so I, I took the second half of what we were doing. We just adapted it to Pulp Cthulhu. And it was really a great um, way to cut your, my teeth on how to run uh, Pulp Cthulhu Adventures because we already had something that was written as a Pulp Cthulhu um, scenario without the framework of Pulp to hang it on. Right. Right. And a lot of the, um, the, the classics, the other, the other grand sweeping adventure of Call of Cthulhu being horror on the Oriental Express also lends itself very well to the Pulp rule set. Right. Now, I've not played that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read a little bit of it, so I, I can't speak to that. Right. I've heard enough of it to know. But you know, masks, I've heard enough AP to know. I mean, masks, <laughs> masks, definitely. I mean, you, you have every, um, every mini adventure ends in a huge set piece filled with cultists that are trying to bring down either gods or, or like, you know, impossible beings from beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you have to deal with countless amounts of cultists, right? Doing doing their thing with sacrifices, monsters, you know, uh, 
otherworldly gods and goddesses. It's a, it's, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> right. And yeah. if you're not, if it was much easier in pulp to uh, run the thing and keep you guys alive than it was to do it straight. Mm -hmm. I, I actually cheated a bit when we ran it straight by giving you all um, magic items that would help you along. Because if I, I felt that if I didn't do that, uh, everyone was going to just die. Right. Right. And then once we, we started hitting the pulp, well, I took them away because you didn't need them anymore. Mm -hmm. This is true. Now, I suppose the, the main thing that, you know, we need to talk about to talk about running a pulp adventure is striking a yes. tone. Now, with Call of Cthulhu, standard Call of Cthulhu, you have this almost Scooby Gang sort of uh, sort of uh, beginning, where you know you're you're together, um, you know you're investigating, you're trying. It's very procedural in a way. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So, really, for me, when I was constructing Final Flight of Jonathan Roxton, uh, which was a Hollow Earth pulp game, right. Um, one of the things that, that strikes me is that in these, these pulp adventures, there's often a lot of running and jumping and climbing things <laughs> where, where your environment is as much, um, the villain of the week as, you know, this mythos encounter or these cultists or this sort of thing where you have to survive against the elements as well. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, there's like the cliche of Tarzan swinging on vines through the jungle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or uh, there's actually a Conan story which opens up with him climbing like a share cliff to get to a, a you know a cave up top, mm -hmm. and and that's like the first few pages are the action of that. Right. Um, Solomon Kane's story starts the same way with him climbing yeah. a cliff. Yep. Um, and that's that's one of the things that uh, we did. And and really, I think that those types of challenges uh, are necessary to a good pulp adventure. Um, Two-Headed Serpent had certain pieces like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, and we did a little bit of that with Master Nyarlathotep as well. But not quite as much. Yeah, it's um, we did do the crime story part in Shanghai. Right. Well, there's um it's hard to translate that kind of visceral excitement of um you know chases or um you know cl climbing or running with a boulder behind you um mm -hmm. in a role playing game because that mechanics interfere. Yes. Um, I mean, it is a drawback that the most pulp parts of Pulp Cthulhu mm -hmm. um, involve a lot of dice roll. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and, and... <laughs> but, you know, the, the combat. Mm -hmm. You know, combat is, is you know, it's the bread and butter of, of freaking role-playing games. Come on. Right. Um, now let's 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 talk about combat. Let's talk about the fight scene. Um, well, it's it, but it's not only fight scenes. It's fight yeah. scenes, chase scenes, um, yeah. jumping over pits, cliffs. You know, um, trying to make that exciting while you're rolling dice. Yes, yeah, and a lot of that, that comes down to it, that slows it down. That does slow it down, but a lot of that comes to the description of the action. Yes, um, and and if you can. Do something to provide tension. Um, what I like to use, I like to use timers. I like to use a D four um, that counts down. You know, a maximum of four, either four rounds or four turns or something like that before something happens. Right, disastrous. Um, you know, and that's one way to to you know get that type of tension going. Because that, that's really the core 
of pulp excitement is it's tense. You know, Doc Savage is going to get away from, you know, get out of the, the speedboat chase or, you know, Indiana Jones is going to escape the boulder. But it's one, it's how, and two, it's just that moment of tension to arrive at the how. Yes. So that's, that's one thing I would recommend to people who want to play pulp is every encounter includes some kind of timer. And I, and I would say that it's up to both sides of, of that encounter to um, try and make it exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so that when you roll your die to hit, you're not just like taking hit points away from someone, but you know, the sword is slashing across their their breastplate or you know you miss and it bounces off you know the the bony protrusion stuff like that mm -hmm. you know when 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 you're swinging across a pit uh you know when you fail your roll and then you have to make a um a luck roll or pushed roll you know you hear the vine creaking and you you just as you released it and grab onto the ledge on the other side the it snaps mm -hmm. you know stuff like that just to just to keep that tension up, but not only for, um, you know, the keepers to do it, but for players to make these descriptions as well. Yes. Yes. So, so it continues to, so, so it is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, it, dice rolling doesn't have to slow stuff down, especially in Pulp Cthulhu, uh, because it should be, that should be the most exciting time. And, mm -hmm. and, you have to work a little bit to make it exciting. Yes. You know, you dice rolling is bit. boring, but describing what happens as a result of that dice rolling, now that could be exciting. And and I will I'll be the first to admit that I, I don't always, you know, I don't always have the presence of mind to be doing that. Mm -hmm. No, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, you can't you can't be on one hundred percent all the time. Right. Yeah, you know, every once in a while you're gonna have a bad day at the table. Right. And now an, another thing um, I find that is great to just ratchet up that sense of tension is that whole out of the frying pan into the fire um, mm -hmm. kind of thing where once, once you're done, you know, with, with the fight and you merge into the, you emerge victorious, something else is going to come at you. Right. And it doesn't have to be like huge, you know, you want tension and release of tension, but like I, I try and avoid lulls once it starts getting into like the action part of it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I try and avoid a little bit of lulls and try right. and keep it going. Yeah. And that's another thing is pacing. You know, you have to be uh, lightning fast with the pacing. And that's one of the things that, that is difficult to capture all the time because you can't just be nonstop action all the time you have to have lulls um in the plot right. but you can't also you can't just alternate on a regular pattern where okay well you know we had a big fight this episode so now we have to do an investigation episode and then now we have to do a big fight episode now we have right. to do this you know don't be formulaic about it but also you know don't don't have too much lull and rather than rather than trying to make it a Try to make it a roller coaster where it's up and down and up and down and loop the loops out of nowhere. And, <laughs> loops and, out and of nowhere. Loop the loops out of nowhere. And, you know, one of the things that also helps make characters feel more empowered, you know, are talents, um, which gives you either some type of mechanical advantage or a bonus to a skill or something like that that mm -hmm. helps you make those those critical roles at the, at the right time. Right. Uh, because you've got that bonus die in spot hidden when you need to spot that important clue, you know, that's a good thing to have or overhear right. that important conversation. Yes. And, and, you know, it's the, the game is designed with a, uh, a mechanic to, to increase any um, costs of in luck that that you incur making these roles pushing yourself um to make these roles involves burning luck often mm -hmm. and um uh it's this it's designed to reward you 
you know, with luck after, you know, after the beginning of the next session, or if you like um, complete a milestone in the campaign, like defeat a major villain or whatever, you get rewarded with luck. So, so it, it, it feeds, it's not just a, um, a one way spiral as um, it often is in regular Call of Cthulhu, where you have just the mechanics of the game are designed as a drain. You broke um, up a little know, bit there. Oh, it, it's designed as a drain where your sanity is constantly going down. And, you know, every once in a while you get a boost, but it's just always going down. Or, you know, your luck is always going down with little bumps along the way. Your hit points, um, you know, the, the recovery in Call of Cthulhu is designed so that even like your life is just draining, you know, mm -hmm. over time. And there's not a lot of ways um, to get stuff back without making huge sacrifices in time. And often, uh, these you in you know in the context of a scenario, you don't have that time. But you know, like pulp characters in in the stories, you know, recovery's a lot easier. So when when Conan you know is exhausted after a fight, a good night's sleep, and he's ready to go. Now it's not quite as um, as easy as that, but it is a whole, whole lot easier to recover. You know your 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 vitalities your different metrics uh playing pulp and so you, you should design scenarios and run scenarios that tax that because that's what what you know the that's what the system is designed to do mm -hmm. now that i think recovery is when one of the spots where pulp cthulhu is is weakest um yeah sure you get you know what is it a hit point per day back or something like that? And, and I think it's it's more in pulp. I'd have to look up the specifics. It's 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 more in pulp. Uh, I know first, first aid, aid does more. First aid does more. I think your the rate is um, it might be a hit point per day as opposed to a hit point per week. Mm -hmm. Which even even so that you know that kind of drags it down a little bit because you know. You're, you're talking about recovery, but, you know, you can have a bad day at the gaming table as a player. Your dice are rolling poorly, and even that pulp character is soaking much more damage than, you know, you think they, they really should without, you know, and, and yeah, sure, you get the first aid roll and whatnot. Um, yeah, but, I mean, usually, you know, I mean, the way we've been running it is between scenes, you know, you have enough time. Yeah. to recover mm -hmm. so i mean even then you even if it's a fudge it feels a lot less like a fudge right um, then in in call of the between scenes if you're not in the hospital or laid up it kind of feels like cheating but in pulp cthulhu it doesn't mm -hmm. not really not really it's just you, you do kind of have to fudge it a little bit though otherwise you know that eight hours of rest you take for two hit points when you just lost 12, you know, in, in like a three round fight. But otherwise we also have the mechanic where you do not have to have these knocked out, drag out fights every time because uh, pulp has the optional rule of the knockout, yes. um, which is very in keeping with the flavor of pulp where you can perform a successful combat maneuver as per the seventh edition rules and just knock the character, knock the NPC out. Right. Well, and which really works. A, it works for low level. Still, it works for mooks, general cultists, uh, maybe even low level guys. You know, if it's somebody that you want to interrogate, you know, sneak into their apartment, knock them out and then take them to, you know, the place where you want to take them to. Um, but even then, I mean, especially uh, since a minion in Call of Cthulhu is pretty much equal to the player in terms of skill and, and firepower, you know, the ability to take out, you know, a cultist with a good left, left hand, you know, is, is a nice thing to have. Hello? 
Yeah. Okay. You you just like that was that I didn't hear a word you said. No. Um, when up. you're when when a minion now you were breaking up earlier too. Uh, when a minion uh, who is the functional mechanical equivalent to a player character, you know, is is able to do the same or sometimes more damage than your character has the same ability in ability as your character. It's it's nice to be able to not have these knockdown drag out fights with the low level guys. You, know, you punch your way through cultists and then the named character you fight to zero hit points. And and that right. that it is nice to have, to have uh, mooks. Hulk mm -hmm. Cthulhu. Um, it's also, uh, I, I do a variation of the MOOC where they have enough hit points um, that you can one shot them. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the one hit point ninja. Yeah. And you can just, it's great because you could just, if you need to uh, have action, mm -hmm. uh, you can just throw countless waves of these guys that do absolutely nothing but provide fodder. For um, for fighting, mm -hmm. uh, which you use very effectively to uh, cover the escape of the rest of the party once, which was great. Mm -hmm. and that was that was a really fun scene. I thought, um, yeah. So you 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 have a lot of options in the toolbox, but there are options that aren't in the toolbox of Paul Cthulhu, like. The one hit point ninja, um, or uh, you know, downtiming healing or redlining, you know, a, a rest or something right. like that. These are these are not rules as written. These are house rules, and you know, and it's for flavor. It it really is. So that's that's another thing is don't be afraid to uh, bend the rules as written for the flavor of an action adventure. Well, I mean, in, unless you're going to have the next scene um, start in the sick bed of one of the players. Right. Uh, I you know. It, it, why would you bother role playing somebody recovering? It's boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like role playing somebody in a restaurant, you know, okay. They're in the restaurant. That's cool. Unless there's like, something that furthers the plot or the action or something that's going to happen. I don't see why you have to describe every bite of the fucking chicken. No, you don't. Every and sip then, of the wine. Right. You know, and the same thing, I don't see why you have to role play sitting in the sick bed, you know, getting it back together. Oh, although we did do a uh, bone collector sort of thing. Remember that film? Yeah, I remember the bone collector. Yeah, where Denzel's in the hospital bed, and he's got Ashley Judd like out on on the ground. We did do something similar in uh, Master Nyarlathotep during. Yeah, Shanghai because chapter. that was because that was fun. Yes, and it was actually <laughs> funny because they 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 were coming to the invest the two fisted investigator character for you know direction, and they would go and fuck it all up <laughs> right i mean yeah i mean we i if you were going to be in the hospital and people were going like, to go to the hospital i man i wasn't going to have you like sit around and talk in the hospital because that's just fucking boring so you know you were getting chased out of that hospital right <laughs> or or he got so they got so fed up he got so fed up with them screwing up the investigation that he crawled his two hit point having ass out of the bed and made them push him down to the local tong boss in a wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 fun <laughs> right and he was still the baddest dude on the block <laughs> yeah and it, yeah, so these are things like with Pulp Cthulhu that you could, I mean, you could do this with regular Call of Cthulhu, but you probably all end up back in the hospital or, or in right. the basement of the hospital. Immediately back in the hospital. But in, in Pulp, these types of things, you know, you, you do find yourself, you know, obeying kind of the rule of cool as a yeah. kingdom. And That's you know, true. Like, 
Well, one thing that Pulp has forced me to do is learn the damn chase rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I would say I would say that's the other weak point of of the seventh edition system is that chase system is wacky. Yeah, the chase system is is really weird, and it has to be. Um, it's a lot of dice rolling, mm-hmm. and if you don't have if you don't have um, like just an idea of what the area is like mm-hmm. that you want this chase to go through, it's really hard. Yeah, it becomes kind of a mini game of sorts. Yeah, it really does. Because your speed, your movement translates into movement points, and your constitution roll gives you more or less movement points, and then you're supposed to. Roll, maybe just well, yeah, uh, I think it's a con roll for your windedness, and then dexterity rolls for obstacles. It's like a successful dexterity roll and a cost of so many movement points, depending on the difficulty of the obstacle. Right. If you if you like pass it or not. Right. Which is a lot of micromanaging to it, it. And, and like you said, it slows down what's supposed to be an intense sequence. Yes. With but a lot now, of that being said, we've had some actually pretty cool chases mm-hmm. um, using those rules. Um, well, a variation on those rules. Yeah, not not as written really. Like we've had um, the 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 run through the swamps. Mm-hmm. To get to um, to get to that shrine that was like on the promontory, mm-hmm. being chased by deep ones, where Wes kept slipping. Right. That was pretty cool. I thought Wes was gonna bite it. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a cool chase. Um, now this wasn't pulp per se, but the chase. During um, the the 1950s scenario with the TikTok man, mm-hmm. there was like a cool car chase in that one, right up the, up through the streets of the town. The streets of oh, I forgot what city it was in Two Headed Serpent. There was a chase through the market. Calcutta, Calcutta, Calcutta. Yep, there was a chase through the that, market. Yeah, that was really fun because. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good chase. That might have been the best one of all. Mm-hmm. Because because then the players started getting into the action and throwing the environmental hazards into it, right? You know, which is spilling what, the oil on the ground, and which is what's supposed to happen, right? I mean, you're supposed to ask questions like that, right? And and riding on the sideboard sideboards of the cars. You know, instead right. of you know jumping in the car and sitting in there while you know you're riding on the on the side, you're holding on for dear life to the rearview mirror, cutting yeah. somebody off in the alley behind the restaurant and like opening the door, bam! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's like all cool stuff that you would see in like a in a movie. Oh yeah, especially the whole uh, you know cutting them off and throwing the door in their face. That's yeah. that's classic. You know, yeah, hitting so, somebody with a serving tray. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it could definitely be done, but like the the whole the whole thing with pulp, I think, is and probably, you know, really for all games, but especially with pulp, is everyone needs to be on board and mm-hmm. everyone needs to like be ready to like describe what they're doing mm-hmm. and make it exciting. Yeah, definitely. Be- because that. You know, you could screw up a zillion rules and, you know, like cut corners on chase or, you know, play with chase rules or whatever, or use the rule of cool. And bottom line, if if both the keeper and the players aren't like pushing that with describing their actions of what they're doing, it's just rolling dice. Right. And, and, and another... Yeah, and another thing, you know, speaking of being the players and the GM on board, you know, GM should be open as this is the type of tone I'm going for. Watch Raider, uh, watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, watch, right. you know, this other movie, um, and and see, you know, what's going on here because this is the tone and style that we're going for. Yes, right. please 
make your wise crack. You know, throw a one-liner after you've hit the guy with the serving tray. You know, do that sort of thing. But, yeah, the players need to get on board as well. And it's always a much more fun. Uh, it works a lot quicker when when everybody's just with it. Yeah. And feeling it. And that, that goes for pretty much any um, RPG you know, whether no, you're, you're right. playing Call of Cthulhu or you're playing, you know, Pulp or you're playing D&D or whatever, you just, you know, be in the moment. Right. It's just, I think it's because fighting is a little bit more um, deadly and av- avoidable in Call of Cthulhu. A lot of people go to rolling dice and just like, oh, I hit them, blah, 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 which sucks. Mm-hmm. But it doubly sucks in Pulp Cthulhu because, I mean, that's like what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You're supposed to be fighting. <laughs> you're supposed to be mixing it up. You're supposed to be, you know, running through the streets of Calcutta, jumping over cars and shit. And and you, got, you can't just, you know, I'm going to jump on that car, you know. I'm going to jump on the car. No, it's, you know, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to jump on the car, roll the dice, you're successful. Yeah, so I, I I hit the sideboard and vault up onto the car, you know, slide my butt across the top, land on the other side, salute the driver, and then right. like, continue on. And that's or, so much more... Or exciting. leaping from car to car, or rooftop to rooftop, you know, that, right. that sort of excitement is is what you do. Um, I did. It wasn't a Paul Cthulhu game, but I did it in D and D. Remember, we had that chase across the mm-hmm. roofs mm-hmm. where you guys had to make jump checks, you know, every couple of rounds to cross a gap, and a couple of you guys missed. <laughs> and it changed. It put the. It added a weird element of verticality to it, but you know there was a group that missed a jump managed to not die on the way down and we're continuing the chase from the ground level while the rest mm-hmm. of the characters were on the roofs. And that sort of thing is, you know, that's, that's what a good pulp adventure should have is, you know, use verticality, use the environment a lot, use a lot of description. Now, this is, does not mean punch Nyarlathotep. No. Um, and in a lot of ways, Nyarlathotep is is decent as a villain because he can take this kind of uh, antagonist role to taunt you. And I remember you had Nyarlathotep taunt us a few times directly in Masks. Uh, yeah, you gotta... I mean, that's like part of Pulp 2 is like the villain with the cat laughing mm-hmm. maniacally, even if it's an elder god. Right. You expect me to talk? No, I expect you to die. Yeah. I mean, you got to have that shit. You know, and, and when a villain, when a character like Nyarlathotep, and he's great as a pulp villain, um, you know, interacts, there's, interacts with the characters and taunts them, you also get this feeling that off camera, when you succeed, he's going, blast those heroes! <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and 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 that keeps people in the, in the groove. Yes, yes, it does. So, another another thing is you know, the impossible Lovecraftian monster, because it's Paul Cthulhu. You have, you know, your flying polyps, your shoggoths, your elder gods, um, you know, your deep ones, Migo, you know, Yith, all of that stuff. And I remember in Masks in the Australia chapter, we had the encounter with the flying polyp. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of, and I hate to spoil this for you, but in the game, the game that just came out, Sekiro, there is an encounter with a giant snake right. um, in which you are not supposed to fight. You do not fight toe to toe with the giant snake. You do not fight toe to toe with the flying polyp. It is more of an environmental challenge that you try to avoid. Right. And in in my mind, that is something that really um, should 
take a lot of precedence in a pulp game, particularly, is the thing that is just part, you know, the monster that's part of the environment. You know, there's right. no way you can fight this thing, even, you know, if everybody's healed up, everybody's properly equipped, et cetera, et cetera. You have like a bunch of them after you, too. They all right. came in the, to enact their revenge upon um, uh, what does, whichever one of those guys was pulled up in the um, Yith City. Mm -hmm. I forgot which guy, which one it was offhand. Right. But, um, yeah. Still, but, I mean, yeah. they didn't give a shit that you were there. Right, exactly. <laughs> they weren't helping you. You were just like, you know, just as much in danger as, as everyone else was. That's right. And if you lingered in a room too long while this was fighting, you could be fighting everything. Right. And, you know, so that that also increases the tension a little bit. You know, you have so many rounds. Uh, I remember Final Flight, we had the um, the tower or the inside of the mountain, which was there was an entire multi-level city inside the mountain and you guys mm -hmm. had to go up each level and the your your character's final fight with the transformed jonathan roxton y'all were tumbling through the roofs and stuff and fighting on multiple levels because he was flying and you guys are on the ground and then oh i have a jetpack <laughs> and he had two <laughs> characters flying <laughs> Oh, I'll, I'm acrobatic. I'll just jump on him. <laughs> right. And, and wrestle him. And A lot of my characters end up doing that, don't they? Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's that type of... <laughs> How far above the ground is he? Uh, I don't know. He's like 50 yards. How strong are you? Throw me. <laughs> throw me. <laughs> I'll figure out how to get down. Just throw me at him. That, was, that wasn't a pulp game, but... Well, that was Master Nyarlathotep. No, that well, that was, but I was thinking of um, of icons. Oh yeah, yeah, that's another one. <laughs> Just throw me at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. But I mean, even superheroes are a type of pulp fiction of sorts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing that we we can touch on is there is a default. For Pulp Cthulhu, it's the 30s. Mm -hmm. Default time frame, setting, whatever. Um, but just the simple fact that the characters are a little bit more hardy and you have these talents and stuff opens up so much more in, for Pulp Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you were saying, you you did it. You did a thing where it was it was basically a hollow word story with um, some mythos elements thrown in every once in a while, but not really a lot. No, you really didn't pull a lot of anything from, you know, the rule book, which is, you know, that's fine because I decided to like run it in um, Edo period, Japan. Mm -hmm. And it works. It, it, yeah. it works because it's not, it has the potential so much to go beyond um, just Cthulhu. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the great thing about pulp is that there's a wide array of adventures. And even the rule book itself likes to talk about different sorts of things where you can fight a mad scientist who's created a giant killer robot rather mm -hmm. than fighting a cult that is trying to summon Cthulhu or, right. you know, a, you know, secret society of deep ones kidnapping people off the street. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, we did a, we did a short, uh, like a two night um, adventure where you guys were investigating uh, the, the appearance of a ghost car mm -hmm. on, on the street. And it turned out to be the machinations of a mad scientist under the city. You know, making these things happen. So that those sorts of adventures all work well for pulp. You can really broaden it out because pulp is more pulp Cthulhu is more about the tone that you're right. trying to strike. Right. And and the, the tone you're trying to strike is so much broader 
Um, mm-hmm. Just then call of Cthulhu, even if you want to go beyond um, the mythos and, you know, do something like vampires or werewolves or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, other, other horror elements, you are almost kind of limited to horror. Right. Um, whereas with Pulp Cthulhu, I like to maintain horror there, but make that horror something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the difference between um, Jesus Christ, H.P. Lovecraft and, and fucking Robert E. Howard. If you read right. a Robert E. Howard um, horror story, it is completely a different um, animal than a Lovecraft story. Mm-hmm. Just yep. completely. And and it, this opens it up. So you can have, instead of, um, you know, I don't know, instead of like Deep Ones and Shuggaths and Migo. whatever, Migo, uh, you can have, you know, Vengeful Ghosts, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Nekukabe and, and all sorts of like weird things, you know, from from different cultures. Aliens. Aliens, yeah. There's just so much more you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, there we go. Hopefully that uh, gives you guys a lot of advice on uh, things to do to run a great pulp adventure. And, uh, yep, you can get that pretty much anywhere RPGs are sold. Pulp Cthulhu is available. It's It's a couple years old now. Yeah, if you buy it from directly from Chaosium, which we'll put in the links, um, if you buy the hard copy, you get a free PDF to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So absolutely, take it on the go. Read it sure. on your phone. Read it on your phone or play anywhere. Pick up games of Pulp Cthulhu. That's right. All right, and that's that's it for us this week. Until next time. Keep 30. Those 30 luck points. That's where it comes from, man. That's right. Two-headed serpent. All right. Peace out. Later. Later.